Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe you give me an amen. amen. Just before we start, let me just explain a principle. I found out that the Bible, that the Lord likes um, incantations. And <laughs> What's an incantation? It just <laughs> says you recite, thank you. Yeah, when you use the word incantation, they say, eh? It's incantation. The book of Psalms and most of your Bible, they are the books of the incantations of the Lord. All right? You know, we belong to a cult. There are different cults in this life. There are small, small ones like Oboni. Small, small ones like witchcraft. Small, those are the small cults. Those ones, they eat, they, they eat which kind of sacrifice? Dead animals. Sometimes they, they are very wicked. They, they kill sinners and drink the blood of sinners. Are you getting my point? Yeah. But the real, if you want to enter a cult, you know, when you want to get high, don't smoke weed. If you want to get high, don't use cocaine. Use the highest thing possible. Holy Spirit. That way you get high. You understand my point? Let me just be smoking grass. If you really want to get high, you use the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, fill me to overflowing. People will come and say, oh boy, you drink. Say, the one where I drink, pass drink. You understand? That's it. In the same manner, when you want to join a cult, don't join cults that the day you want to die, you are afraid. Whether they are going to sort you into hellfire or sort you, you don't know. Join a cult that when you want to die, you discuss with the people who control death in the third heavens and say, I'm in a straight betwixt two. Whether to depart and be with Christ or to remain behind. But I think I will still remain behind. All right, I won't die now. That's a better cult. When the chairman of the cult is the Lord Jesus himself. Not all these sinners are looking for money. Amen? Amen. The real cult is the cult of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. The Bible is a book of our cult. Amen? Amen? There, we don't drink the blood of sinners. We drink the blood of Christ. He said it himself, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Our own cult, that's what we get into. When we share communion, is we are enacting the fact that spiritually... All the time, we are constantly feeding on the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ and on his blood, pure. The one that you drink, it drives problems out of your life. Not the one you, you, you see, say, according to Godons, you know, Godon said that even, even witches, they go around now with HIV testing kits. <laughs> Before they suck blood, they say, well, test that blood. <laughs> Do you follow my point? No, you drink the blood that is the blood of Jesus Christ, the one that was shed for the redemption of mankind. Are you getting me? Yes. That is the kind of cult we belong to. And the, the cult also has its own incantations. It does. And that's where Christians often miss it. That's where they often miss it. There are times in which the incantation you have physically, it can't catch what you are trying to connect with. So you blow into another realm. And that's what we're talking about, praying in the Spirit, speaking in other tongues. So, these are cultic matters. When I say Ogboni, I say, this is what, you know, you know, Sabi cult. Let me teach you how to cultic, you know. That my English, okay. How to cultate, yes. Teach you how to do cultic matters. There's no Ogboni man that, see, I'm, I'm not getting to my message, but there was a time I took time out. I read a lot about all these funny cults here, and I read uh, Abdurushin and Light of Truth. I got the book on uh, Christian science. I didn't finish it before the owner collected it. I, I did some research on Buddhism, Hinduism. By the time I finished, I said, guys, people are suffering. No? I came to the conversation, people are suffering. In fact, my, my research started when I was watching TV in Lagos. And they were, uh, they were interviewing 
the Ekanka man in Nigeria, the head of the Ekanka people in Nigeria. And he talked about the, the Mahanta, and that was an American. When I heard it, I said, wow. These people have a, they have small knowledge of small things. They are like, like Paul was talking about the Jews. A zeal after God, but not after knowledge. So I settled down, and I began to study. When I finished, I found out that if any man truly went into a cult to go and seek power, if any man who truly went into any religion to go and seek the knowledge of God, the Lord will say, come, don't waste your time. Let me show you the real power, the real knowledge. Let me show you where you find God. And he will always direct people to the knowledge of Christ. Listen, go and listen to my message, the supremacy of Christ on our website. Just about 30 minute message. That one I described the supremacy, the supremacy of Christ. When I finished that, the, the host chaplain that invited me, he said, this one was Jim, Jim, Jim. Yeah, I just explained it because I was preaching to people who are generally 65 years and above. Trying to explain why Christianity is superior to any other thing. 30 minutes when I was done, the host chaplain said, my God, this is truth. He said that people need to, be, to have confidence concerning what they believe. And that's what that Holy Spirit used me to do that day. Go and read it. When I finish doing all the study, I just say, forget. There's nobody. When I see people say, Ogonima, you fear. He doesn't know anything. No, that's, no, really. It, it, that, is what, that is what this life is about. True spirituality. True, let me use the word, cult is in Christ. All these other ones are people who are trying and they don't understand. The beautiful thing about the thing, the thing of Christ, the cult of Christ, is that he has made all the payments. You don't sacrifice your son. You don't sacrifice anything. You don't sacrifice goat. You just give him your life. And then he has made all the sacrifices. Why did I go into that again? To remind us that actually there are things we say. And God, go and read the Old Testament. He always had words for the people to say. He said in that Deuteronomy chapter, let's just read that one. It's interesting for us to use that one just to learn something. I think it's Deuteronomy chapter 26. He said, then it shall be when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance and you possess it and live in it, that you shall, sh- that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which, which you bring in from your land. Just by the way. Wait, that is it. Just by the way. Is this the first fruit there? How do you do first fruit? You shall take some. Some out of it. Why are you laughing? It's not in your Bible. Did I write that? Open your own Bible. Look now. Sorry, is it not there? Did I invent this one? What did he say? Shall I take some off? Okay, let's do something. So that it don't be like Pastor Banky has come with his problems. Let's start. What, what version do you have? King James. All right. Read King James. I want to start with King James. Off. That's old English. You shall take off. What's your version? Easy standard version. Thank you. Read it. What did you say? Verse 2. Thank you. He said, You shall take what? Some. What version is yours? King James. What's your? New Living Translation. He says what? He said, put some off. What does your own say? What does he say? That's my own anyway, so go ahead. Some of the first. What's your own version? 
who has another version we have not read? NIV. What does it say? You see, we have used some more. <laughs> okay, who has a Samsung version? <laughs> Toshiba version. <laughs> eh? What's your version? Living Bible. Let me have it. It says what? Living Bible, even what's easy for you guys. It says, shall be what? A sample. For those who think that I'm a troublemaker, I hope you have seen that. I, I don't invent these things. It's in the scriptures. People ask me, what was first prayer? I said, listen, let's not argue whether God commanded or not. But if you want to even find out, you've seen it. It's a sample. I like When I used to describe some things as fraud, you are seeing it now. The Bible says, just, that's just by the way. The Bible says you will take a sample. No be me talk sample, like that guy. <laughs> now he bring Bible, we talk sample. That's New Living Bible, all right? The Bible says you shall take some off. He said that you shall take some off the first of all the produce of the ground, which you bring in from your land, that the Lord your God gives you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to establish his name. You shall go to the priest who is in the office at that time and say to him, now this is where I read it, that we use words. I use the word incantation to make, bring it in. We actually use words. As believers, we use words. The operation of the kingdom of God are words. When they came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray, they were not, they, we use that prayer of Jesus now as a pattern. But when Jesus gave it to them, it was not a pattern. It was a prayer. They came to him and said, teach us to pray, just like John also taught his disciples to pray. He said to them, when you pray, say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. There were words those guys would use every time they gathered to pray, at least to start. Then, of course, there's also a pattern in it. And what I found out is that each time in life, you should have words that you utter. Each, each season in life, there must be words that you utter. Each season in life, you just got married, there are words you frame. I framed words for my children. I want, look, learn it. Yeah. Le- learn to create words periodically. For a season in your life, create words. You are stopping into school, create some words. Go and listen to Derek Prince's uh, message. Um, Aggressive prayer. He will use two lines and changing the destiny of nations. Just two lines that the Holy Spirit gave him. Not every time making Christians be pacing up and down. Look, there are times for that. Let me give you the one I gave for my children. I said, We declare as the children in the original family that we have a father in heaven who is our maker. He gave mommy to daddy as wife. So that together they will raise godly offspring for him. We declare that we are godly children and Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We are being raised in the knowledge of God. We are being raised in righteousness. We are increasing in stature, in wisdom, in favor with God and with man. When we grow up, we will not depart from the will of the Lord in the name of Jesus. That's stanza number one. Stanza two. It is well with me and my siblings. It is well with our home. The Lord supplies all our needs. He keeps us from all troubles. No evil shall befall us or any plague come near our dwelling. The Lord is with us in our going out and our coming in, in the name of Jesus. You do it in the morning, you do it at night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Listen, you have to have words you utter. Let's get back to reading that particular message, uh, that portion. He said to them, You shall go to the priest in, that, in the office at that time and say to him, I declare this day to the Lord my God that I have entered the land which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. You shall answer and say before the Lord your God. When say you shall answer, I believe the priest will begin to recite and you will be following him. You shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down to Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, and there he became great, mighty and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us, and imposed hard labor on us. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction and our toil and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror and with signs and wonders. And he brought us to this place and has given us this land, now, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now behold, I have brought the first of the produce of the ground, which you, O Lord, has given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord and worship before the Lord your God. Now what I'm bringing out is this. You see that what God gave to them were words to utter when they bring their offerings. Not just, just go there and talk anything you like. They, they had to utter these words. Even when Moses, um, when Aaron and Co. were being commanded on, in Numbers chapter 6 on how to bless the people of Israel. He says, thus, he says say to Aaron and to his sons, thus you shall bless the children of Israel. You shall say to them, he gave them words, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord keep, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. He said, when you do that, you will invoke my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. <laughs> Look, using the, the, listen, go and listen to Derek Prince, aggressive prayer. The man says you use directed, specific, Holy, uh, Holy Spirit inspired words. The difference between Christianity and other, uh, you know, things people don't understand the life of this, that you just chant what Jesus called meaningless repetitions. For us, it's not meaningless. I just showed you one I wrote for my children now. It's not meaningless. They will memorize it in the morning. Right? Uh, there's one they know. If you start one of my children and say, how are you? They won't just answer you fine. They will tell you it is well with me. As I'm growing up, I'm getting wiser. That's the answer. Victor comes to my room in the morning. Hey, Savik, how are you doing? Give him, how are you? It is well with me as I'm going up, I'm getting wiser. Just waking up. <laughs> if they mistakenly say fine to you, repeat the question. I said, how are you? They will, they will catch themselves. Because they hear fine all over the place. So occasionally they fall for fine. Yeah. How are you? Fine. You say, I said, how are you? Oh, it is well with me. As I'm growing up, I'm getting wiser. It's a recitation. They, they memorized it at least two years ago. It is well with me. As I'm going up, I'm getting wiser. My wife first heard it with one of her friends, so she modified it for her children. And I was careful to let them know. I said, we have the Heavenly Father, who is our creator. You can't come and confuse my children that dinosaurs came out of a bubble. Boop. No. We have a Father in heaven. See, this one we are seeing is not the real Father. This is the Father on earth. We have a Father in heaven, who is our maker. You decide all the time, they tell you that your grandfather is a baboon. He says a lie. According to David Paulson, one baboon was inside a cage and he was thinking, 
Am I my keeper's brother? <laughs> you can't make my children think that the baboon is there is their brother. Never. Why? Because <laughs> oh, some of you are catching at different pieces. <laughs> Can you say, Am I my brother's keeper? The baboon says, Am I my keeper's brother? <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> I said, The Lord is good. Oh, all of this because of the paper in our hands. But I'm sure we have been learning all this. You know this? I like coming here to preach because you see all kinds of things, you learn all kinds of things. It's true. Today, when you go home, you are going to write incantation. Yes. You, have, no, you must write your incantation. For this, my season. It's based on jokes, jokes about. You pray about it based on the understanding that you have and the revelation that the Holy Spirit will give you at that time. It must be based on scripture. You write it and always add in the name of Jesus. This is not power of positive thinking. No. It's grace. We are tapping into grace. And it has to be by faith. It's going to be in accordance with grace. It has to be what? By faith. Now, so, back to the thing. The paper in your hand is just a summary because I, I want us to... There's nothing there that is new. We've discussed over and over here. What I just want to just do is to help Christians understand this. You can come around that time and we'll modify the words again. All right? This is just to reflect the revelation of the hour and what God wants us to all right, walk by in the, at this particular time. What I have there, the first portion, which has um, about two separate stanzas, is one we normally recite all the time. I just standardized it so that every time, just hold this paper, don't throw it away. Put it inside your Bible and bring it again and again until the words are you know, part of you. And then, like I said, by this night, just go to other sermons or tracts. Under that, it will be on, in both places. You'll be able to download it onto your device as a PDF um, file. All right? You just find it there. So you can, you can just recite these things anytime. Now, the first one is the one I want us to use anytime I want to start hearing the Word of God. Normally, I lead us and say, I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. But this one is just there. All right? So that we'll just read it together. Let's take a practice of that now. Just look at that first one. We'll read it to the end, before the one for prayers. Let's start it together. One, two, go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I am being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I am walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I am increasing in the knowledge of God. That stands at two. Now again, I incline my ear to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Simple. 30 seconds before you start hearing the word. The word will enter. It will enter. It will enter. All right? The second one is one I said we'll use before we pray. One time I want to start praying. Let's just, we'll declare these ones before we step into a, pr- a prayer session. Just to boost our faith and remove our confidence from ourselves. Let's just read it together again. All right? That's the one for, at the start of prayers, we declare the righteousness of God. One to go. I enter into the presence of the Father as a renewed child of God. I have been made righteous by the power of the blood of Jesus. And I give him the praise for it. I haven't come in the power of the good works I have done. I have come only because of the grace and mercy which I have through Christ Jesus. 
I thank the Lord for loving me. I thank the Lord for washing me. I thank the Lord for making me worthy to become before him. I come in the company of my brethren who are also washed, who are also clean. We are a company of children of God who are declared righteous by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Simple. That lets you know that God is not doing everything, anything for you because of what you have done. It's not because I helped a poor man yesterday, God will help a poor me today. Are you getting my point? No. That's not why. It's not because I have won five souls for him, he will now take care of my children. That's not why. I make my request before him. It is not because of what I have in myself. It is because, what he has, because of what he has done for me in Christ Jesus. That is the basis of answers to prayers. And Christians must never. You have to fight that thing that makes you want to, you know. After you've done a lot of good works, you are feeling good. You are feeling iry. You are feeling good with yourself. Time to pray. And you expect God to hear. That is a dangerous time to pray. Because of that confidence. Don't try it. Some after they have finished, they have managed not to eat for two days, which does not improve the potency of prayer. We have found out from the word of God. All right? When they are feeling very hungry, say, God, that's what I wanted to ask you for. See this hunger just because of you. You answer me. I say, all right. I'm not going to answer. Don't eat. Let's see who will die. Whether it is you or it is me. God doesn't answer you because you are hungry. Are you getting my point? Oh, he does not. He only answers you. Because you pray according to his will in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Period. A man who has eaten and his stomach is full, who prays according to the will of God in the name of Jesus gets an answer. The one that is hungry and says, God, you see, I'm being hungry for three days because of you. We get nothing. We have discussed Christian fasting before. We Christians, why do we fast? We, to have understanding, to turn aside to look. It's a time of concentration so that in the midst of the busyness of the activities around, we are able to hear the voice of God. Sometimes God finds it very hard to get our attention. That's why I had to set a bush on fire because Moses was so busy morning afternoon, and night. God had to set the bush on fire so that he would turn aside from his activities to look. It was when he looked that God said, oh, I finally got his attention. Many times in life, God wants to get our attention. I hope you are getting my point. I don't want to preach that message again. But the base upon which you get our answer to prayers is what we have listed here. And of course, the last one that is there is what we use to close our meetings all the time. We don't need to we'll read that one at the end of the day. So please, this piece of paper, just keep it so that we don't have to print it all the time. Okay? When you come, just leave it in your, inside your Bible until the thing is printed on your heart. And like I said, you can download as a PDF file from our website. Okay, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe me, give me an amen. amen. All right, good. Well, I want to start sharing the word, so let's go to number one and start again. All right, quickly. Open it. You don't file and finish. Open it back, Apostle. <laughs> All right. As we start to share the word of God, let's just declare um, our... Which word can we use for it now? Okay, let's, let's go through our incantation as we step into our cultic activity for today. <laughs> As we enter into our meeting of the inner caucus to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, let's declare the word of God. Want to go? Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of Him, and I am being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I am walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. 
I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ear to his word. My, the word is sent in my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. You know, if you read this and you go home, you are blessed already. Are you getting my point? The Lord is good. All right, let's continue um, looking at um, how, how we pray, especially when the storm is thick, when the, storm, when the wind is blowing and our boat is being tossed up and down. Let's continue to read the story from the book of um, Matthew chapter 14, the story of, Matt, uh, of uh, Peter, in the encounter of walking on water between the Lord and Peter himself. Let's just quickly get down to where the main meat starts uh, from, from verse 24. The Bible says that the boat was already a great distance from the land being battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, that's verse 31, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? That's what we're going to stop reading. Now, we've been reading this for some time to talk about how to you know, pray for a new season, how to bless a new season that you are stepping into. What has been strong on my mind is that God, is, God wants to do things in our lives, and God is able to do things, but we're also able to hinder him or to help him or allow him to do what he wants to do. If we don't cooperate with him, what he wants to do will not be done. How do we cooperate with him? It is by faith. It is faith and faithfulness. That is the way by which we cooperate with the Lord so he can do what he wants to do. The fact that you sank does not mean, or the fact that you are sinking does not mean you are not in the center of the, we, the plan of God. Let me use the word plan for now. This is, I'm using the word, the word will of God with a lot of care, all right? Okay? It doesn't mean that God didn't command you to do what you are doing. When Peter came out of the boat, we know that it was in response to a word that came from the mouth of the Lord himself. And that word said, come. And he stepped out in the midst of the difficulty into the waters. And then he was floating. He was able to walk on the waters. And then the time came, he began to take his eyes, or he took his eyes away from the Lord Jesus. And why he did that, I really don't know. I'm not very sure. I'm just speculating. Maybe he became, he became curious as to why he's floating. Are you getting my point? He wanted to see the method by which God was ensuring that he floated. He looked at his shoes and saw whether the Lord had inflated it with air and is floating above the water. He looked at, did the water under me turn to ice? What is going on? Or am I imagining things? As he began to reason all of these things, doubt crept into his heart and he began to sink. Now, Jesus said to him, come, yet he sank. When men want to pass comments a lot of times, what they remember is that he obeyed Jesus and he sank. That's all. So what is their uh, deduction, the, the scientific deduction, is that obedience to Jesus causes people to drown. Therefore, don't obey. 
Do you understand my point? They don't realize that after you have obeyed Jesus, obedience to him is no guarantee that you will not sink. What guarantees you will not sink is that you not only obey, you continue to hold on to your obedience with faith. That is, you don't take your eyes away from the Lord Jesus. You don't get curious as to what is going on under your feet. You don't turn to the left or to the right to check how the wind is behaving. You focus your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, and that way you will float. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, let me just say something to you quickly. Right now, you see what's going on in the country? All right? It's not only in the country. It's all over the world. Okay? And a friend of mine told me last year, a preacher came to their church in Enugu here and told everybody, is it last year or the year before, to their church in Enugu here and told everybody that this was going to happen. He told them that there's a, an economic crisis coming. And he described everything. I told him to get me the tape. He, didn't, he ended up not getting it for me. He said the man came and told, he, he preached in the church over a year ago that this was going to happen in the country. And it's going to happen all over the world. And there's going to be another economic crisis about to come. And the man said all of these things. Now, like I say all the time, God is good. Amen? Amen. He knew there was watery crisis coming when he spoke to Noah. <laughs> God knew water was coming and he spoke to Noah. And he said, Noah, if you want to float, you go and build an ark. What I'm going to say here is this. And this is what I believe is the, the Spirit of God is saying to us at this time. It is possible to float above the, econ- above the economic problems. It is possible to float above the troubles in the environment. How do you float? He says simply, it is by what? Faith. That's what the Lord Jesus was saying. When you are in the midst of a storm, when you are walking on water, what does it mean to walk on water? You are standing in a place where people normally should not stand. That's it. Everybody's running from Meduguri and you say you're not going anywhere. That's for walking on water. Do you get my point? There's an economic crisis here and there. You say, I'm not running from Egypt. I'm not leaving promised land and going over to Egypt. It's called walking on water. Like somebody said that, it, <laughs> that Isaac went to process his visa in Gera. <laughs> the Egyptian visa was what he went to process in Gera. When the Lord said, don't go, stay here. So in that land, there was crisis around, but Isaac floated. Not, did he, not only did he float, he prospered. Are you getting my point? And I want to say to us again, that is the plan of God for every one of his children. Somebody give me an amen. amen. Not only will you float, not only will you survive, you will prosper in the midst of adversity. Amen. Say that amen like you believe it. Amen. That is what he's saying. But then what's, what's, what is the problem? The Lord wanted to do that for Peter, and then Peter took his eyes away from the Lord, and he began to sink. This is our school of prayer. I'm not talking in faith in details. Now, we've been teaching on total faith on Saturdays. If you have not been around, please get the CDs. I have been enjoying the messages myself, and I'm the preacher. <laughs> Are you getting me? Please get the CDs. Total faith. That is the basis upon which we triumph in life as believers. Now, as our school of prayer, I just want to continue from how do we pray at such times? What kind of words do we use? What do we declare? All right? Because... What we say is a major manifestation of our faith. When we talk, it's our faith talking. Let me say something to you quickly. You have to understand God's word until it becomes the talk in every part of your gist. What I mean by every part of your gist? Most Christians know how to talk in church. We didn't see you yesterday. You didn't come to Bible study. What happened? I was strong. I don't know what's wrong with Christians. I was strong. 
I was strong is not a, a, a word to say. It's not a lingo for I was sick. It's called Christianese. How are you? Ah, it is well. I've not eaten for six days. It is well. <laughs> you understand? Now, a lot of us know how to speak that, speak that language. But then when we not get to where the brethren are not there, I beg, but boy, let's be real. That <laughs> is everything that we were doing before. Was not was fake. Now let's get real. Listen, if you still have, if you still have a difference in your life between what is real and what is casual talk to you, your faith is very small. You have to work on it. What you say, you know, I told you that my wife and I had a, an issue in the house, not a big deal. She made a statement. I said, "Oh girl, stop that. That's not the statement of faith." He said, look, you are too serious. I said, you don't know what is serious. Let me, I'm, the, I'm the prophet in this house. I tell you what is serious and what is not serious. <laughs> so that one is serious. One day, now, you are going to laugh when I tell you this. Laugh anyway, but I need to preach my message. I have the way of sneaking into the bathroom when my wife is having a bath. I'm pitching a bomb from behind. <laughs> to my wife, what problem do you have with that? <laughs> Which was covering his face. <laughs> she won't know. She won't know I'm coming. Israel. Will, I mean, I mean, come on. What is the big deal now? The Lord is good. So, any, I've been doing this for ten years or more, and my wife will still react. So, she never hears me coming. You just feel the pinch, pinch. So the last time, one day, recently, she was having a bath. I've not stopped too. And now we not stop. <laughs> Why should I stop? The Lord is good. I've been doing this for more than that. That is, I mean, amen? Without things like that, you can't preach a good gospel. <laughs> So one day I said to so one day she was so upset. Oh, oh, but let me have said you should stop this thing. Eh? He, and I said, one day you're going to make me fall and I'm going to enjoy myself. I said, no, in the name of Jesus, you will not fall. You will not enjoy yourself. Trust me, the joke stopped there. <laughs> Listen, I may be playing, but watch your tongue. And she said, you know what I mean? I don't know what you mean. Now, say after me. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I said, there are other ways to say it. You could say, don't make me fall. When you do that, I get startled. I don't want to fall. Are you getting my point? Don't prophesy. One day, and you think that's going to make me stop? I ain't going to stop. Some of the fringe benefits of being a man of God. Stop all of this. I said, why should I stop it? I don't do it in the office. <laughs> I don't do it outside. This is the place where I have the right. <laughs> and nobody will deprive me of my privileges. <laughs> the Lord is good. 
So some of them said, listen, don't, prof- don't tell me that and one day you are going to make me fall. No, I will not make you fall. You will not enjoy yourself. I mean, that's it. That's our faith is so. Every little thing we say. Every, look, work on your faith or your words until it gets to that point. That ne- no, I will not say joke. That's why I told you, I don't pray, play a prayerful. Because the Bible says only a madman does it. It's not in your Bible. Say so like a madman casting arrows and firebrands. So is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, "Was I not joking?" <laughs> this is our talk. Please let me recommend it for you again. Go and listen to the message, "Habitation of God." God wants to dwell in us, so that if we open our mouth, He's the one talking. That's what He wants. Please go and get the message, "Habitation of God." Now, please back to what I'm saying. So you see, when things come up, how we talk is a first reflection of our faith. Not the talk we talk in um, church when we know brethren are listening. What I mean, the talk we talk because we are convinced about it. I was, I was discussing with Bishop was yesterday. We had to make some decisions concerning some expenditure. I called him and said, wait, did you make that decision because we felt it was expensive or because it was the right thing to do? Do you know we had a meeting in the evening to, to clarify that? Yes, I said because it must not go on record that I began to make decisions because I felt God was not able. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I said, no, I won't make that decision. Let's settle down now. Was that the right decision for that moment? Or it was because we they feared the cost. So when we started talking, we said, first, of course, we're not saying Christians should be wasteful. So cost is definitely an issue. We're not saying we should be... God gave us money as a measure of many things. So, but just, you have to know how to use it. You don't use, if you want to check how, how tall I am, you don't bring a bathroom scale. Do you check that? I say, okay, let me check how tall Pastor Banky is. And I'll give you a bathroom scale. I stand on that. one will tell you my height. What I'm going to say is that money is a measure. We just have to know how to use it and where to use it. I'm not discussing that now. But they say it's important that we don't make decisions because... We fear things more than we fear God. So I said to him, we, are, we agreed that, listen, yes, money is an issue, but then how is it an issue? Let's look at the thing that's important. By the time we finish, you say, well, considering everything, it is not necessary to spend that extra money. Okay, let's save it. Fine. What's my reason? Because my faith must talk. Are you getting my point? Because how I respond to situations decide is affecting whether I will float or I will sink. That's the last time we began to declare concerning the source of supplies. God will supply my need. We did that last time. If you're not around, please make sure you get the, um, the CD for last uh, Tuesday's message. We we'll declare some things towards the end. Now, today, that's where we are still going. These declarations, this declaration of the word of God. How do we respond when things occur? That's what I'm saying. It's our faith talking. If we respond properly all the time from a heart that is convinced, we will float. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. If we utter the right words all the time from a heart that is convinced, we will float. We will not sink. Not only will we survive, we will will be fruitful. We will multiply in the midst of adversity. In that Genesis chapter 26, Isaac sowed in that land. All right? In the same year, he reaped a hundredfold, and there was famine all around. Please listen to me. 
you can sow in that land and the same year reap a hundredfold even though there's famine all around. I say it all the time, even though it's been prophesied that uh, this uh, economic downturn is coming and all of that, God never expects to take everybody. All right? Noah will still survive the flood. Noah will still survive the flood. And I'm saying to us here now, how do we Christians survive this flood? It is by faith. How will Peter walk on this water? It is by maintaining his faith. Let me just really say something to you. Every day you will hear news. And that's the window. 